Welcome to the ChatGPT Report. I'm your host, Ryan, and we have a very special guest with us today. His name is David Keynes, and he's a urologist, associate professor, the creator of WellPrepped, experienced robotic surgeon, and more recently, a creator of a directory of custom GPTs in the healthcare space called Physician GPTs. Why don't we see what's going on in the medical space with AI and how this could potentially overhaul the industry? Ready to transform sales through AI and unlock unprecedented time freedom? Join us on February 28th for an exclusive web training where Ryan Staley, AI award winner and CEO, will share the secrets that are propelling sales professionals, sales teams, and founders to double their revenue, all through leveraging ChatGPT. No coding skills required. That's good for Ryan here. Reserve your spot now and step into the future of sales success. And we'll link that in the bottom of our show notes here. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. David, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Well, we try to keep these interviews within 20 minutes, so let's get right into it. So, David, the concept of Physicians GPT is quite intriguing. What sparked the idea for this project and what motivated you to create it? Yeah, so I've I've been an AI enthusiast like many ever since ChatGPT rolled out. I mean, I was hooked from day one. I, I, I immediately sensed, as many did, that this was a life-changing, you know, I didn't feel this way since the beginning of the internet or the release of the iPhone. And so um, I'm sort of a technology early adopter. So I immediately started looking for ways to integrate it into my own workflow. And then um, the, the ability to make custom GPTs came along and then the GPT store. And I was searching the GPT store for healthcare related GPTs that people had made. And I, I put a few of my own in there, most of which were lighthearted and playful. But in order to search, I had to sort of guess keywords. You know, I was searching healthcare, doctors, names of specialties like urology, cardiology, and it was painful. And I imagined that if there were other doctors out there trying to do the same thing, wouldn't it be cool if I could just create my own directory and uh, so, you know, web design is another um, area of interest for me. Mm-hmm. So I whipped together a, an online directory and I manually pulled the healthcare GPTs that I could find and made, made a, an easily browsable directory for doctors to find and medical students to find healthcare related GPTs. That's, that's as simple as that. Yeah, that it, it is a very cool site, and we, we talked about it on the last show as well. And it, it really is just a treasure trove of, of information out there for the medical side of things. Now, with that, 
Uh, you did mention before that doctors are not 100% accurate and that medicine is more of an art form, not a science. And in light of this, when curating GPTs for your site, you know, how do you address concerns about inaccurate information or potential errors generated by these AI models? Well, to be honest with you, I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of um, I'm glossing over that a little bit. I mean, I'm not endorsing any of these GPTs by including them in the directory. I'm not vetting them. I'm just cross-referencing them, mm-hmm. put it that way. But I, but I do find it amusing that <laughs> in some sense, you know, everybody is quick to put disclaimers on anything AI-related, and yet you know, humans are infallible too. We, we don't put disclaimers on actual doctor visits, like, you know, disclaimer. Mm-hmm. This doctor may make occasional mistakes and is trying his best, you know. Yep. Um, we, we freak out a little bit about, you know, hallucinations and confabulations with, with AI. I, I find it, a, obviously it's appropriate, but I find it a little ironic. Right. Right. It, it, it makes me wonder if we'll ever have like AI insurance, kind of like how doctors have insurance for, <laughs> for things coming down the line there. So that is good. Yeah. And, and I will say it, it almost to me, just looking at some of the GPTs that are on there, it, it's basically like a teledoc without an actual doctor there for a couple of things that I was looking at. I was not looking at the advanced ones. I can tell you that I was looking at the basic ones of tell me, you know, what, what is wrong with me. And those ones seem to be really good regardless. But I guess it also is about the information you're feeding it as well too, right? If you're feeding it correct studies, as well as, you know, doctors that have, that have been working on certain types of diseases and things, it would, it will only pull out obviously things that they've put into it. So uh, again, it's right back on to humans, not necessarily AI at that point. So I hear yeah, you what you're talking, what you're talking about is uh, there's some GPTs there that are, are actually for patients, they're patient facing and there's others there that are for doctors to use internally and the patient facing ones do give pretty good advice, but your caveats are all correct. You need the, correct training data and you need good prompt engineering. Uh, but it's funny there, you know, there's at least one study where they were looking at whether chatbots provided good responses to patient questions and they compared responses to doctors who had given answers on Reddit. So they compared actual doctor responses to chat GPT uh, generated responses and, and actually found in some cases, there, there seemed to be more empathy in the response from the GPT than there was from the actual doctor. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's a plus right there. And, and you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting too. We, we talk about, oh, you know, AI is hallucinating and things, but you know, if you've ever Googled your symptoms, you know, the old, the old joke where you Google, do I have a cold? And all of a sudden it tells you, Hey, you're, you've got cancer. And you're like, wait a minute. I, I'm pretty sure I just have a cold. Like, you know, we weren't out with in pitchforks out for Google when that stuff happened. So. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, patients, uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, in patient education and leaving patients out into the wild, um, on Google googling a medical condition is actually quite horrifying uh, you know they have to wade through uh results that are not vetted 
it's hard to know what's good and what's bad. Um, so where AI is going to fit in that remains unknown. But I suspect, at least within the next couple of years, that it'll be a, maybe even a more reliable place to go for information. Very true. Very true. I mean, give it, it, we're still so early on in the technology that um, who knows what will happen in the next three to five years. And that seems like an eternity from now. But, I mean, it's February 1st, and I couldn't believe what happened to January. So we're closer than we think. Um, shifting to a broader perspective here, uh, you know, you with all the background you have, what areas of just the healthcare industry do you foresee the most significant impact from AI? And are there specific sectors that might be particularly transformed? Yeah, great question. So in medicine, there are a couple specialties that are heavily based on pattern recognition. And those are radiology, doctors are looking at CAT scans, x-rays, MRIs, and pathology, the doctors who all day long look under the microscope at surgical tissue samples and biopsy uh, samples, those are pattern recognition-based specialties. And AI has already made substantial inroads into pathology and radiology where there's still a human in the loop, but, you know, for example, the AI can scan the slide, give a preliminary diagnosis, and call the pathologist's attention to the most important parts of the slide where, where they need to look. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really astonishingly good. And, these, and this is just early days. Um, and, you know, I know maybe a small violin is playing for for the woes of burnt out doctors, but it, it does happen to be the case that burnout rates are, are very high in, in medicine in, in every specialty. So in, in those two examples that I gave you, it's possible that AI can make the job less drudgery less repetitive and you know maybe the radiologist attention can be focused only on the interesting and relevant things that they're looking at so that's pretty exciting the other area where there's massive impact from ai is clinical documentation so again i you know i'm not sure if your listeners are going to have sympathy for this but um when doctors are sitting in front of the patient mentally they're budgeting for the time that they need to spend documenting everything at the end of the visit. And, and often that cuts in to what would otherwise be really valuable face-to-face time. There are, there are a bunch of companies now who have developed ambient AI scribes, they're called, where the AI is listening in on the whole visit, is able to filter out the, the small talk and create very accurate summaries of what went on in that visit so that the doctor then can save two or three hours a day and put that time to its best use, which is more face-to-face time with the patient. So that, those, that's just a sampling of, 
of how AI is changing healthcare, but it makes me really excited. Yes, I, I think you. It's funny you mentioned that because we had a past episode a little bit ago where we talked a little bit about the clinical documentation and how that that it takes off a, a, a stressor piece or, or a piece that the doctors don't have to focus on anymore and they can focus truly on the patient. And I think you made a really good point uh, when you talked about burnout rates as well, because at the end of the day, if you're a doctor, you're, you know, you have a very specific thing, you do a specialty and to be able for an AI to go, Hey, here's the part that is actually important in the grand scheme of this x-ray or scan you know, then they can actually, hey, th- this is what I, you know, this is what I went to school for. This is what I studied for. This is where all my, all my education comes into play is this moment right here. Not necessarily the, well, now I got to find this thing. So AI, I, I think has cut out a lot of the mundaneness of, of, of that too. And I, I t- I'm glad you said both of those because th- th- those are really good things that, again, we can get a doctor doing what they're good at, which is, hey, how do we help you get better? And that's where we all want to be. So th- th- that is great to hear, and I- and I'm very excited about that as well. Now, yeah. Now I-, I had another one here as well, and considering I get, I would say the traditional nature of the medical field, how much? Uh, and I, I don't. Maybe it's not as much resistance as we think. But I wanted to get your opinion on this. How much resistance do you anticipate hospitals or organizations to AI integration or? Is there already an acceptance to, hey, let's do all this and there's more rapid than we've expected? Yeah. So, I I mean, I think there is going to be substantial resistance overall. The medical field is, unfortunately, notorious. We're lagging behind from a technological perspective. I mean, electronic health records had to be forced down everyone's throat with legislation. Otherwise, I think we would still be using paper charts. What <laughs> what other corner of the world can you think of where fax machines are still playing a, an active role in day-to-day business? I mean, it's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think there's, here's an example. Last week in the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is one of our marquee journals, there was an editorial from a pathologist lamenting the the fact that AI is taking over some role in pathology. And they were saying that there's going to be a decline in the skill set of pathologists. Now, I realize I'm an early adopter, but I think this kind of attitude sort of misses the point. Anytime there's a technological advance in medicine, some some, there's some skill degradation of the older way of doing things. So, you know, when we when we had laparoscopic surgery, you know, surgeons lost some of the skills of making big open incisions. But does that really matter? Uh, probably not if that's no longer the way of doing surgery. So this is another example. If we, if we get to the right answer somehow for a pathology report, that's all that matters, you know, getting to the right answer. So, uh, but, but yes, I think there's going to be a lot of resistance. Okay. 
Yeah, I my my mother and my uh, my sister are both nurses, and they they've mentioned a fax machine beforehand, and I had the exact same thought. I'm like, well, who who even uses those anymore? You know, paper charts still, and so I I completely hear with hear you on that. They have uh, they've but talked Ryan, about that. But Ryan, I'll tell you why that resistance ultimately won't matter. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Because when a new technology is introduced that unquestionably improves a doctor's workflow and makes things easier, that they will demand it. Mm. And so I'm not a radiologist, I'm, I'm a surgeon, but if a radiologist or a pathologist ends up loving this workflow and they get home to their families sooner and they get through reading cases faster, then there, as much resistance as there is uh, on the administrative level will be broken down. Interesting. That That's a very good point, especially if, like you said, if they're demanding it, going, hey, this makes my life easier, it makes the patient's life easier, it, it maybe change will happen a little quicker too. So that that's a very good point. Um, now, looking forward, we're coming down to the last couple of questions here. What are some emerging AI technologies, you've mentioned a couple here already, um, that are in the healthcare space that you're particularly excited about, um, again, other than the ones we've just discussed? All right. So um, I'm particularly excited for AI to uh, help us in the actual electronic health record. You know when you when you chat with a PDF file, you know you've messed around with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes patients say say to me when I ask them a question about their medical situation, they say, "Well, it's in the chart, right?" <laughs> and you know, right now as it stands, an an electronic health record, yes, everything's in there, but but it's almost like a stack of PDFs. The information is relatively inaccessible. I still have to page through and click around the chart. Yes, there's a rudimentary search function, but when they introduce this uh, AI augmentation, and I know that major EHR vendors are working on this, you should be able to talk to the chart. Tell me about this patient's high blood pressure over the last 10 years. And it should be able to generate a, a summary with links to relevant parts of the chart. And I'm a urologist, so I let's say I see a patient for kidney stones or, 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 any, or any other condition. Tell me everything that has happened over the last two years related to kidney stones. And it should show me just the information that I need to see to make a good decision for that patient. And, and I'm really excited about that. And generally speaking, if, if you take advancements like that and the ambient scribe that I talked about, it would be fantastic. And I think we're going to get here. If, if doctors could spend their best energy face-to-face with the patient, which is why they wanted to be a healer in the first place, and if AI could remove the administrative repetitive tasks that sort of fall around that important event, then burnout is going to massively shrink or maybe even disappear. That is a phenomenal answer, and I really do hope we see that in the future. David, we're coming up on the 20-minute mark. 
I wanted to say thank you for coming on. Can you tell us? Uh, can you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you or follow you and uh, and all that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, I'm very active on Twitter. My handle is Canes David C A N E S D A V I D. I also have a a solution that helps doctors educate their patients before they even show up to the clinic. That's called WellPrep, and it's at wellprep.com, W-E-L-L-P-R-E-P-T.com. Those are the two best places to find me. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you again for coming on, David. And we will link all of those on, on X as well as LinkedIn. So we will get that all to you people. Thanks again, David. And we are out.